Saving money on your outdoor project? Now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money at Menards. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the January 27th episode of the Bacon Bets podcast. The Super Bowl matchup is set, Super Bowl 55, and we have to watch Tom Brady in the Super Bowl again taking on the Chiefs, last year's Super Bowl champion. I feel like I need to get something out there because I'm on record as being a Tom Brady hater. Everyone knows that. I tweeted a couple days ago uh, that if Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl, I'll finally recognize him as the greatest of all time. I was obviously being tongue-in-cheek. People didn't get that. I mean, you can't really argue against a guy who's won as many Super Bowls as he has, but I hate him. I hate Tom Brady. And I feel like I get a lot of flack for that. People say you just hate greatness, go cry some more, blah, 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 whatever. But allow me to explain myself, because actually, I hate that I hate Tom Brady. I wish I could recognize the greatness. I wish I could just shut off my fandom and be like, yeah, that guy's great at football. I love seeing him win every single year in the Super Bowl. But I can't. And in order for you to understand that, you have to understand my very first NFL game I ever watched, all the way back, I was eight years old, was the Patriots versus Rams Super Bowl, the Patriots first Super Bowl win. I watched that game because my dad is a diehard Rams fan. So that was a big event for him to watch his Rams in the Super Bowl. He allowed me to stay up to watch the game with him, which was a big time, a big event because, you know, my bedtime was like 7 o'clock or something at that age. So before I even knew what a touchdown was, I knew Tom Brady equals bad guy. Tom Brady, bad guy, Marshall Falk, and the Rams, good guys. So before I even watched a football game, I knew Tom Brady bad. I was eight years old. He won that Super Bowl. My poor father had to watch Tom Brady and the Patriots lose in a big upset against his Rams. And now 20, I was eight years old at the time, or seven, something like that. 20 years later, this guy's back in the Super Bowl again. Think about everything that's gone on in your life over the past 20 years. I was eight years old. I then got into football after that Super Bowl. I then played minor football. I played high school football. I played college football. I quit college football. I started a dead-end job. I started the job mat now with Odd Shark. I'm now a 28-year-old degenerate. I was an eight-year-old innocent little kid back then. In this entire journey of my life, the most t- important 20 years of your life from 8 years old to 28 years old I've had to watch this Tom Brady guy be in the Super Bowl every single year and I'm sick of it yes maybe I'm a hater but maybe I love the sport so much that I wish other athletes could enjoy the feeling of winning a championship let other guys win some Tom retire and let other guys win okay you've won enough and I've had it I'm sick of seeing your little handsome grin on my screen every February when I'm watching the Super Bowl. Get a load of here. You beat the Rams, my poor father's team. You beat my Falcons a 28-3 to come back, and then you beat my dad's Rams again. You're not not welcome in the McMillan household. I hate you. Fuck you, Tom Brady. I don't know. I mean, we have to watch him again. Am Am I a hater because I hate greatness? I mean, I I don't think so. I'm not attached to the NBA. I don't really have an NBA team that I cheer for. So I can can objectively watch LeBron James and his greatness and appreciate it. If I was, like, attached to an NBA team and had an NBA fandom, like if I was a Boston Celtics fan, I'd probably hate LeBron James. So I think you need to be able to accept the fact and be okay okay with the fact that I hate Tom Brady. I'm not a hater. 
I'm a Tom Brady hater. I'm sick of him. I'm sick of him. Can I say that he's the greatest of all time? Can I admit that but still say that I hate him? Is that okay? Why does it feel like even when Tom Brady plays a bad game in the playoffs, they still win? He threw three interceptions this past week. And he still won. Three interceptions against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, and he still managed to win. He's the greatest winner of all time. Maybe the greatest winner to ever play professional sport. But I'm sick of him. 20 goddamn years of my life, I had to watch Tom Brady win. 20 years. And now here we are again, still in 2021. He's on a different team in a different conference, and he's back in the Super Bowl. I'm sick of it. Retire, Tom Brady. Let other guys win. <laughs> Let other guys win. Please. But yeah, this is the January 27th episode. Um, I mean, I'm not going to give my official Super Bowl. I'm going to give you my pick. I'm taking the Chiefs. I mean, the Super Bowl is still uh, like 13 days away, 12 days away. Um, I'm still I'm, I'm going to take the Chiefs. I'm not going to break it down on this podcast. I'll break it down in next week's episode. Uh, but I was on the 49ers last year against the Chiefs, so I just refuse to be the guy who bet against the Chiefs in both Super Bowls because if they win, I I mean... If they win two Super Bowls straight, I can't be the guy who bet against them both times. That's just dumb. So I have to bet the Chiefs. Um, it's probably going to be a biased pick because I just want to see Tom Brady lose, but I, I'm going to back the Chiefs. I'll get into it more next week's, next week's episode. But in this week's episode of the Bacon Bets podcast, I got my preview for the um, Farmers Insurance Open. That's why this episode is being released on Wednesday because now the football is finally slowing down. going to get into a little bit more golf along with, of course, college basketball and even an NBA pick on the show today. I've done two NBA picks this season, um, and I'm 2-0. I'm undefeated, so I've never been an NBA better, but it's the same stats as college basketball for the most part, so I'll try it. College basketball doesn't necessarily seem to be working, so I got four college basketball picks. I got an NBA pick, so five basketball picks total, and then I got my Farmers Insurance Open breakdown as well for the PGA Tour event that starts on Thursday. So I'm going to start with that. If you want to skip to my basketball picks, see the timestamps. Uh, in the descriptions, but yeah, the Super Bowl set. I'm back in the Chiefs. Sue me, but I'll get into that more next week. All right, let's get into the picks here. Um, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. I appreciate everyone who has the podcast. Keep keeps growing. I love it. Uh, tell your friends. Tell tell your neighbors. Tell your butcher. Tell your uh, cashier when you go buy uh, lipstick for your girlfriend or something. Um, tell your drug dealer. Do people still have drug dealers? I assume, yeah, I guess they do. I guess with weed being legal here in Canada, I haven't uh, seen a drug de- dealer in, what, three years now? Other drugs you can just order online. Do you guys still go to a drug dealer? I guess you have to if you, if you want weed in a state that's illegal. Tough break, man. Anyways, tell your drug dealer about the podcast. Invest all of his drug money into betting on sports, uh, fading mean college basketball, and he'll be even more rich. Tell your call up your cable service provider and let them know about the podcast. Tell your sister. Get your sister into betting on sports. That'll be fun, wouldn't it? Do you listen to the podcast with any pets? I don't know what I'm going on about. Tell your pet groomer though. Tell them too. Tell them about the Bacon Bets podcast. Let's get into my picks. This is the January twenty seventh episode of the Bacon Bets podcast. More bacon than the pan can handle. 
More bacon than the pan can handle. More bacon than the pan can handle. More bacon than the pan can handle. All right, let's get into uh, some golf talk. The Farmers Insurance Open is this week. A little recap of how my picks have gone so far this in 2021. I uh, didn't hit anything last week in the American Express. I was on Patton Kazire and Peter Malnati. Malnati missed a cut. Kazire finished like 30th or something, so no hits there. Uh, I had Harris English the first week, but I only had him top 10. Uh, he ended up winning. Some of you guys grabbed him to win. Uh, so that was great. What I don't remember. The Sony Open was the second week. Right, I walked away. It was like up like .05 of a unit on that when I hit Joaquin Neiman top 10. A plus 210 and then lost my other two bets. So, uh, some good, some bad over the first couple weeks. This is the fourth event of the 2021 calendar season. Uh, by the way, I'm seeing now already that, like, uh, sp- I mean, sports betting is obviously exploding. And it's starting to explode in the golf world a little bit more as well. And I'm starting to see a trend already. Now that, like, the main broadcasting networks are catching on to sports betting there is a trend that I don't really like, and th- this probably sounds selfish uh, coming from a guy who's in the sports betting world, but they're hiring people to talk about sports betting who know nothing about sports betting, and I find that frustrating, and it's not that I'm saying I should be getting these jobs. It's definitely not whatsoever. I mean, I, that's not what I'm saying whatsoever, but I know a lot of people in the sports betting world who don't get the credit they deserve, who should probably get these kind of jobs, but they're hiring people who have no idea what they're talking about. They might, they know golf very well, but they don't know anything about betting on golf whatsoever. And these are the people who are going to lead um, the mainstream media and in, in, into this new venture of sports betting. I don't get it. They're hiring just like these random people with a lot of followers, um, golf influencers, you might call them, as sports betting people who I've never seen tweet or post about betting on a round or an event ever in my entire life. So why are these the people that the mainstream networks are hiring? I don't know. Uh, But I'm noticing that as a trend, and um, I don't like it. I don't like it. I think there's enough established people in the sports betting world they should be getting from that uh, group of people, but they're not. Um, I mean, I remember, I, I think it was last summer, they did for an event a sports betting stream you could watch, I forget what event it was, but you could watch um, certain streams, depending on, there was like a sports betting stream, there was like, I don't know, uh, a stream, like it was a, like a full women broadcasting team, I think, like there's like five different streams, and I, that might not even got that wrong, but the one that stuck with me was there was a sports betting stream, where if you're a sports better, you could tune in, and the commentators, you know, would, would talk about the odds and things like that as the event went along, and the main guy they had doing it was Darren Ravel who didn't know what a unit was last year. And he's their sports betting guy for the sports betting stream for whatever PGA event it was. It's like, come on. <laughs> this guy has no idea. I don't, I don't even know how he got the job with Action Network. He has no idea what he's talking about when it comes to sports betting. And he's the one leading the industry right now in these main, stri- in these main uh, broadcasters. I don't know. I don't get it. Anyways, I'll get off my soapbox here. Farmers Insurance Open... Uh, let's get into it right now. Held at Torrey Pines, of course, the famous Torrey Pines golf course. One of the most, if not the most famous uh, municipal golf courses uh, in North America, at least. Um, so, 
what's similar to this event as the last uh, last week's event, the American Express, is being played on two courses. So Torrey Pines is split between the south course and the north course. Three of the four rounds will be played on the south course. One of the two rounds on will be played on the north course, either Thursday or Friday. So much like last week's event where I... Um, ignore the Jack Nicholas tournament course. I'm ignoring the North course. It is much easier. Plays between one to two strokes easier than the South course. It's only being played on one of two days, and both weekend rounds are at the South course. So basically, ignore the North course. Uh, if you're a daily fantasy player uh, and you're doing like single round um, betting uh, games. Then if it's like just Thursday, then you want to load up on guys who are playing the North course. If you're doing like just a Friday DFS lineup, um, load up on guys playing the North course then. Or another tip for if you want a live bet, uh, check out the guys who play the South course on Thursday. If there's a top guy, and I should have looked into this, like say if John Rom plays the South course on Thursday and you know he's playing the North course on Friday, I bet you're going to get better odds on John Rom after Thursday's round because those guys playing the North course will all shoot really low and the guys playing the South course will shoot um, probably only a couple under par at best. So th- th- that's something to keep in mind. But uh, as far as this goes, uh, as far as my handicapping here, I'm just handicapping the South course. No sense handicapping uh, an easier course that will only be played on one of the two, either Thursday or Friday. Um, so this is, of course, the West Coast Swing. Big thing to keep in mind. The grass on the greens already, uh, just so you know, I, and I always mispronounce this word, and every time I look it up, depending on where you look it up, it's pronounced differently. Poa Anua. Poa Nua. Poa Nua. Poa Anua. It's, you guys know what I'm talking about who are into golf. It's that West Coast uh, green gra- uh, grass they use on some greens. It's getting phased out of most golf courses now, and uh, Bermuda grass seems to be the standard. Uh, that Poa Anua stuff is tough to putt on if you're not, not used to it. Now, there was a site that I used to look at which actually gave the strokes gain putting stat uh, on Poa Anua greens. Um, I went to go look for it this week, and the site's been shut down. So now I, I don't have any... Um, I don't have any information on who putts well. From my memory, Dustin Johnson did putt well. He was the best on it. Um, I think Jason Day putt well on it. Usually it's guys who are kind of from the West Coast area or who golf quite a bit on the West Coast or do well on West Coast events. Those are kind of the guys you want to keep an eye on who can putt on this uh, on these types of greens because uh, it is more common. If not sole, is it solely on the West Coast? If not solely on the West Coast, it's at least more common on West Coast golf courses. Um. As far as handicapping the event, I mean, John, okay, so John Rahm's the favorite, Roy, Roy McIlroy's right behind him, and then a little bit of a drop-off to Xander, and then a bigger drop-off to Tony Finau, who choked once again last week. Shout-out to the guy who follows me. I've messaged him before. I've, uh, the guy who said he's not cutting his hair until Tony Finau wins an event. He may never cut his hair again. I don't know if there's another cho- uh, guy who chokes so often as much as Tony Finau, but also finishes in the top 10 as often as Tony Finau. It's insane. Uh, but I don't think he's ever going to win because he chokes. He lost me a lot of money at the uh, Waste Management Open last year. He choked on like the 17th hole. Webb Simpson caught him. It was unbelievable. That was one of the most angriest I've ever felt, and it was right before the Super Bowl too, so I went to the Super Bowl in a bad mood last year. Um, Okay, let's handicap it. So first things first, Torrey Pines, anyone who's a short hitter, don't bet on them. Don't bet on short hitters. You have to bet on guys who are long off the tee this week. Um... And if you don't believe me, just listen to Kevin Kisner. Uh, I, I'm assuming anyone who's into golf or follows golf social media accounts, you saw that interview by Kevin Kisner two weeks ago before the Sony Open, because Sony Open fits his style of play, and the reporter asked him, 
um, if that puts him into a mental block, uh, if he can only win on certain courses. And he's like, and the reporter's like, because you can win anywhere, right? And Kevin Kisner says, uh, no, probably not. I'm not going to win at Beth Page Black. I'm not going to win at Torrey Pines. So this is a course that he specifically pointed out as a course that he can't win at. And I, I mean, ironically, he's not in the event. He, he didn't uh, decide to participate in it this year. And maybe that's part of the reason because it's a very long course. And Kevin Kisner is not a long hitter. He's known as a, one of the shorter hitters. So this is a par 72 measuring at over 7,700 yards. I think I would shoot about a 200 at this course if I played. Uh, so any look up driving distance if you're gonna before you bet on anyone whether you tail my picks go a, a separate way whatever you want to do look up to driving distance if they're in the bottom half in driving distance or even if they're not in the top 100 don't bet on them this is a long hitters course I can't stress that enough you have to hit it long because not only usually on courses if you don't if for the shorter hitters they have a little bit of an advantage because most courses will be designed in a way where if you keep it a little bit shorter the fairways will be a little bit wider um and then if you go long, the fairways kind of narrow as as it goes along. That's not the case here. It's narrow all the way up and down. The rough is treacherous. So the shorter hitters aren't going to have an advantage on getting it in the fairway. And then if they do find the rough, now they have to hit out of long, deep rough, which is a very tough rough as well here at Torrey Pines. Then you're going to have to hit a long iron out of the rough, which can be a disaster. So you got to bet on long hitters because even if they get in the rough, they should only have like a, a, a short iron or, or a wedge into the greens going to be a lot easier for them to get it on the greens than short hitters will when they're still like 210 yards over from the hole and they're in the rough that's going to be you know tough that's going to be tough to get in a green, green regulation in that spot so long hitters long hitters long hitters so five key stats first one's driving distance second one strokes gained off the tee um because we, i mean other than driving distance we just want to see how good they are off the tee we don't want a guy who's not going to hit any fairways um, and I think off the tee stuff is the most important things here. So two stats dedicated off the tee, driving distance and strokes gained off the tee. And then proximity from rough, because like I said, fairways are thin, rough is deep. So we need guys who are able to hit it well out of the rough and not in the greens. So that means proximity to the hole when your approach shot is from the rough. That's what that stat is. And then scrambling percentage. Not, there's going to be a lot of missed greens and regulations, so being able to save power is going to be huge. And then strokes gain putting, of course. I would never handicap an event without looking at strokes gain putting because you're forgetting about half the game if you do it. Um, yeah, so those five key stats. Driving distance, strokes gain off the tee, proximity from rough, and scrambling percentage. Now let's get into my picks. I'm starting off, my first pick is a chalky pick. It really is. It's a square pick. It's a chalky pick. I'm going with Rory McIlroy, though, plus 800. He's second on the odds list behind John Rahm. Um, but I mean driving distance, he's second on tour. And driving distance and strokes gained off the tee. DeChambeau's first, who's not competing this weekend. And then second is Rory McIlroy. Uh, and also, he's done well here in the past. I mean, it kind of proves this this course fits his game. Last two years in 2020, he finished tied for third here. And then in 2019, he finished tied for fifth. And he played well last week on the European Tour. Um he finished third place last week. Uh, what was that event? The Abu Dhabi something, 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 whatever it was. It was a big event, though. Uh, my guy Terrell Hatton won it. Um, I actually had someone tweet at me why, asking why I don't give out picks for a European tour, and I usually don't. I mean, a couple times a year I might, especially if there's not a PJ tour event. Um, but for those wondering, a couple of reasons. One, the European tour website doesn't keep as many in-depth stats as the PJ tour website does. So I find it a little bit harder to handicap. They just kind of have the basic stats there. Like I think they have like driving distance, driving accuracy, strokes, gain, putting and greens and regulation or something like that. They definitely don't have as in-depth 
of a breakdown of stats that the PJ Tour does and their courses that they play on. A lot less information out there about the courses they play on as well. So um, that's why I just kind of stick to PJ Tour events. A lot more information in my opinion, but it's not that I have anything against the European Tour. And also, I'm not waking up at like fucking 3, 4 a.m. in the morning to watch my European Tour events. So that is why I usually stick to PJ Tour. So I'm just taking Roy McIlroy to win. Uh, I'm not taking him top five because I don't think he's only like plus 175 or even if that to finish top five. I don't think there's any value there. So I'm taking more Roy McIlroy to win plus 800. And then I have a dark horse. I'm taking Matthew Wolf, uh, 32 to one. I mean, this is another guy who um, has distance where he ranks ninth in driving distance. He also finished tied for 21st here last year. Um, so I am taking him top 10 and I'm also going to take him top 20 as well what were his odds here for top 20 i don't know why i don't have it written down um but, 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 top 20 finish matthew wolf plus 130 so matthew wolf plus 130 top 20 and then to win 32 to 1 and then roy McIlroy plus 800 um i'm also probably going to do a head-to-head bet i don't have that locked in either though that's going to be probably on wednesday's episode of guys and bets so if you're listening to this before guys and bets tune into guys and bets live on youtube at 12 p.m eastern uh if it's after that time you'll see a clip of it on twitter you can go watch guys and the replay of guys and bets but i'll probably do a head-to-head matchup for the tournament and for the first time in 2021 i'm going to do some round bets as well because uh, i really think this course favors longer hitters so i'm going to look for some good spots where i can bet on a longer hitter against a shorter hitter um but yeah that's uh, my breakdown for the farmers insurance open uh, I'm going to hopefully do my PJ Tour videos in this format on my podcast instead of those Twitter videos because I only have 2 minutes and 20 seconds to, to do those. So uh, that's not enough time to talk about a PJ Tour event. So I, I've rushed those. Trying, I mean, I've done, like, for both of them the past two weeks, it's taken me like 10 takes to fit it in 2 minutes and 20 seconds, and I have to leave stuff out that I don't want to leave out. So this is going to be the format for my PJ Tour breakdowns and moving forward. Hopefully, if I can keep these podcasts to coming out on Wednesday. Uh, but there you go. Those are my picks. Let's get into some basketball. Uh, what do I got? Four college basketball picks and an NBA pick, all for Wednesday's games. Uh, just a little disclaimer, because I lock these bets in on Wednesday, um, and you're listening to this Thursday morning at the earliest, the lines might move. My general rule of thumb is if it's within one point of where of the of what it is when I locked it in tonight, I still like it. If it's within two, or if it's two points away, if there's a massive swing and it's two point different. Uh, from what I'm saying on the show, I would stay away because I get a lot of questions because the line does move between from when I record to when people listen. And then I get messages saying, oh, Ian, you liked it at minus three and a half. Do you like it at minus four? Yeah, in that case, yes. Minus four and a half, yes. Minus five, uh, it's up to you. So that's a pretty good general rule of thumb. First game, this game starts at 5 p.m. Eastern, I believe, and it's in my favorite conference. My favorite conference, the A-10, the Atlantic 10, right? Atlantic 10 or American 10? It's the Atlantic 10, isn't it? It's the A10, whatever it is. I've got to look it up now. I don't want to get this wrong. I think it's the Atlantic 10. Atlantic 10, yes. My favorite conference. I'm taking Rhode Island. Minus 5.5, minus 110 against LaSalle. Now, I will say, if Rhode Island does not cover the spread, they are officially dead to me. Uh, they blew it for me against Duquesne last week, or Duquesnes, I like to call them. Absolutely blew it in the second half. And I want to say the I, I want to say I lost on a bet on Rhode Island earlier in the season as well. I think I'm 0-2 betting a Rhode Island game. So, come on, Rams. You got to come through for me uh, this time. Um, 
So why do I like them? Well, they should dominate this game down low. Rhode Island, 42nd in two-point shot rate. LaSalle, 304th in opponent two-point field goal percentage. Also, 52.7% of points scored against LaSalle come down low. That's 232nd in the country. Rhode Island, also 52nd in rebounding percentage. LaSalle, 259th. Um, so like I said, they should just dominate LaSalle down low. LaSalle's a little bit more of a perimeter kind of team. Um, and, and Rhode Island's a little bit more pounded down low, big man kind of team. Um, Rhode Island is also actually shooting better on the road this season. So this is a road game for them, but they're shooting 44% from the field at home. That goes up to 46.1% on the road. So they do well on the road as well. Um, and also defensively, their 82nd defensive efficiently, efficiency, LaSalle, 205th. So that's my first pick. I think they can cover the spread. I like Rhode Island, minus 5.5, minus 110 against LaSalle. Moving on, we're going to the AAC. East Carolina, plus 6.5, minus 115 against UCF. My beloved UCF Knights. I only love them in football, though. College basketball, UCF Knights can go fuck themselves. Uh, <laughs> I mean, a lot of very the, a lot of stats in this game are right next to each other. They're literally right next to each other in floor percentage. 281st and 282nd in floor percentage. Um, I am surprised that East Carolina is this big of an underdog, though, because they have a big defensive advantage. So 46th in opponent floor percentage compared to 200th for UCF. Also, they're 49th in defensive efficiency. UCF is 190th. And they also have a slight rebounding advantage as well. Not a big rebounding advantage, but 173rd to 235th in rebounding percentage. Also, East Carolina is another team that likes to keep it down low. They're 68th in two-point shot rate. UCF, 191st in opponent two-point field goal percentage. So, I mean, they have the advantage in almost every single stat. I have no problem betting on them, even though they're on the road. I have no problem betting on them getting the six and a half points. If you want to get aggressive, I wouldn't hate the money line on this one. If you want to get a little uh, spicy money line bet going for Wednesday night, but I am going to take them plus six and a half, minus 115 on the road against UCF. What are they, the Pirates? Uh, then we got Georgia against South Carolina, so we're going over to the SEC. Another team getting points, and I don't, I don't exactly get it. So I'm going to take Georgia plus five, minus 105. Surprised to see them as an underdog in the spot. I would kind of put this more as a pick, and maybe Georgia is a slight underdog. Um, but this is another team like the last two picks. Someone who pounds it down low against a team that doesn't do doesn't defend well down low. So Georgia's 48th in two-point shot rate. South Carolina, 268th in opponent two-point field goal percentage. Also Georgia, 90th in floor percentage. South Carolina, 191st. And they're 173rd in opponent floor percentage. South Carolina is 238th. So, I mean, everything I've listed so far, advantage Georgia. Also, Georgia, 15th in steals per game. South Carolina, 283rd in turnovers per game. So that, those are kind of two stats I always like to pair together. If a team turns the ball over a lot, like South Carolina, I always like to look to see uh, the team against them and see how well they steal the ball. Because, I mean, a team that can take the ball away going up against a team that turns the ball over the way, uh, oh, oh, turns the ball over a lot is a good recipe if you want to bet on the team that gets the steals. Also, Georgia 142nd true shooting percentage, South Carolina 273rd. I mean, I got to back the team. They just have better stats. I have to rely on stats. I have to believe that looking at stats is the way to bet on sports. Georgia has an advantage in almost every single category. Take the money line if you want. I'm just, I need some wins here. I'm going to take Georgia plus five. I got the juice at minus 105. And that leads me to my final college basketball pick for Wednesday night. It's a money line, but it's still, it's a minus money money line. It's Louisville minus 105 versus Clemson. A little ACC matchup. Clemson. 
Weird team because they have one of the best defenses in the country. They really, really do, but they stink on the offensive side of the floor. Louisville's offense is leagues above their offense, but their defense is good enough to kind of hang around with Clemson's defense. So the gap between the two defenses are a lot smaller than the gap between the two offenses. Um, but let's start with rebounding. You guys know I love rebounding. Louisville 38th, Clemson 181st. And then floor percentage, Louisville 31st, Clemson 260th. I mean, you guys know this. Clemson's offense is bad. Louisville 70th in true shooting percentage, Clemson 213th. Um, and then we look at the defensive side. I will say, I mean, I, I admit it, Clemson does have a slightly better defense. But the difference isn't as big as the difference between the Louisville offense and Clemson offense. So 37th, Clemson is an opponent floor percentage. Louisville 132nd. 63rd in defense efficiency, 153rd. So, I mean, Louisville, I was saying like 30th, 50th, 70th, and then Clemson like 250th, 213th, 280th. On the defensive side, I'm saying the same thing for Clemson, like 37th, 63rd, 50th, and then Louisville's like 100 and something, 130, 150. You know what I mean? You, do, you, do you know what I'm getting at? The gap is a lot closer on defense than offense. Now, Louisville's offense can't be off. If they have a bad game shooting the ball, Clemson's defense is going to smother them. But if they even just have a decent game, I think they'll win here. Um, also... Louisville 38th in two-point shot rate. Another team that likes to keep it down low. Clemson 105th in opponent two-point field goal percentage. Clemson 55th in three-point shot rate. They're a three-point shooting team. Louisville 120th in opponent three-point field goal percentage. So I think it's a good stylistic. I think some teams match up really bad against Clemson stylistically. I think Louisville matches up fine with them stylistically. They're on the road, but I just, I I don't, I, Clemson, the, the thing that sticks out here is Clemson's offense. Clemson's offense stinks. It's the one thing in this game between the two teams that is absolutely terrible. That's Clemson's offense. I'll take Louisville minus 105. So college basketball picks Rhode Island minus 5.5, East Carolina plus 6.5, Georgia plus 5, and then Louisville minus 105. That's on the money line. And I assume by the time you listen to this, Louisville is going to be a 2, 2.5 point favorite. Um, if that is the case, I like them. I like them at probably 2.5. I wouldn't go over 2.5, though, and even 2.5 might be stretching it. Um, I actually locked this bet in about an hour ago. Um, let me see if the, I bet you I wouldn't be surprised if the line's already moved. I'm going to check that right now. Uh, no, hasn't moved yet. That's interesting. I wonder if that'll move uh, sometime. Maybe the money will come in on Clemson. That'd be kind of wild. I can't really see that happening. Um, but yeah, there you go. And now a little bonus. I got an NBA pick. I was on the Heat on Christmas Day. They covered. I gave out the Nuggets the other day, minus one and a half against the Mavericks. That covered. So I'm two and zero. I'm one hundred percent. I will keep. I'll keep putting out random NBA bets until I get a losing record. Then I'll probably stop. But hey, I've never really bet on NBA, so maybe I'm better on at NBA than I think I would be. But here's my pick for Wednesday night slate, and I bet you it's a pick a lot of people aren't going to agree with. But I'm going to take the San Antonio Spurs plus three and a half at minus one ten against the Boston Celtics. So first things first, the Spurs are actually first in the NBA right now an effective possession ratio. So I've talked about this stat before. Effective possession ratio is, um, I believe I'm getting this right. I think it's possessions minus turnovers plus offensive rebounds divided by possessions. I think that's right. Um, but Spurs are first in the, in the entire NBA. Celtics are 14th. The big reason why the Spurs are first is because they also have the fewest turnovers. They turn the ball over uh, at the lowest rate, just 9.8% of the Spurs' possessions result in turnovers. That's the lowest rate in the league. Celtics are 22nd in turnovers per possession. 
So that's an advantage right there. Spurs are at home, by the way. They're getting three and a half points at home against the Celtics team, which I feel like the Celtics team is probably going to be a pr- pr- uh, pretty public bet just based on the records tomorrow. Um, another thing San Antonio does very well, they, they don't foul. They also have the fewest personal fouls in the NBA per game. Uh, signs of a great coach team, a very well-coached team, I would think. I mean, we all know that. Greg Popovich, from my understanding, is one of the greatest NBA coaches of all time, right? I mean, I'm not a massive NBA guy, but I think I know that. I'm not wrong about that. Am I? Pops the more like top ten coach, top five coach, and I mean that kind of reflects in these stats. A team that doesn't turn the ball over, a team that doesn't foul, a team that has very effective. That to me, that's a sign of a well coached team. Um, both teams keep it down low the majority of the time as well. Spurs third and two point shot rate, Celtics in ninth. I guess this is just a podcast where just every team I pick likes to keep it down low. Um, Spurs, but Spurs are 10th in opponent two-point field goal percentage. Celtics are 16th. So they both keep it down low, but Spurs are a little bit better defending down low than the Celtics. Uh, San Antonio also has advantage in defensive efficiency, opponent floor percentage, free throw percentage, and fewest personal fouls per game. I already mentioned that, though. So I, I I like the Spurs getting three and a half points here. I like them getting three and a half points. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if I can keep my undefeated NBA NBA record alive and prove to 3-0. So there you go. That's all I have for you guys today. The Farmers Insurance Open, I gave you my breakdown, my preview, my picks. I ranted about Tom Brady. And then I gave you my basketball picks for Wednesday, which I will recap one more time. Georgia plus, no, sorry. Rhode Island, minus 5.5, minus 110 versus LaSalle. East Carolina plus 6.5 versus UCF. Georgia plus 5. For South Carolina, Louisville, minus 105 against Clemson. And then San Antonio Spurs, plus 3.5, minus 110 against Celtics. I'll be back next week. I'll dive deep. Next week will be a special little Super Bowl episode. Uh, we'll see if the PJ Tour will fit in as well, but I'm, I'm probably just going to talk about the Super Bowl the whole time. I'm going to give out prop bets left and right. I'll give my side, my total. I'll have a million bets locked in for the Super Bowl. It's going to be glorious. Um, but thank you all for listening. Uh, subscribe if you haven't already. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Leave a, a, a rating if you have five seconds. If you have 30 seconds, leave a little review. All that stuff helps. Help the little man out. Trying to get a, a decent little sports uh, betting podcast here going. It's going well, but uh, I'm just one man. It's hard to compete with these uh, large media giants out there. So anything you guys can do to help me out, I appreciate all of that. Best of luck with your bets this week. I love you all, and I will talk to you all next week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.